You're listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast. This week was special as our senior pastor, Earl Glisson, released what is to be our spiritual focus for 2020. Enjoy the message. We read here, how shall they believe unless they hear? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they call on him on whom they've not believed? And so on. And then how beautiful are the feet of them that bring good tidings, tidings of good things, that preach the good news of the gospel. How beautiful are the feet. And in my spirit, I could hear when we read that, the Spirit of God saying on the inside of me, what is that sound? What is that sound that I hear? It's the sound of many feet. It's the sound of beautiful feet. It's the sound of feet going forth with the good news. Who are these that make this sound of tramp, tramp, tramp as they come, as they go tramping along? Who are these? Yea. They are those chosen of the Lord, called of God, equipped by His Spirit. Yea, they are those who have been loosed from the bondage of the enemy and sent forth to set men free. They are those with the story of redemption, the story of freedom, the story of the glory of God. Who are these that goes forth ever enlarging in number and increasing in number? Who are these? Yea, they are those who do know their God. They are those who do know his word. They are those who know the mighty name, the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. There are those that know how to take that name and break the power of darkness over the lives, the minds, the bodies, the spirit of men, and set them free. Yea, there are those with the message of deliverance, the message of healing, the message of victory, the message of God. Who are these? From whence have they come? Where are they going? Yea, they come from the very bosom of the Father, from the right hand of God. For there the Master, even the Lord Himself, as He ascended on high, gave gifts unto men. And He gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. They come from the very throne of God, from the right hand of authority. Where are they going? They're going unto the uttermost parts of the earth. They're going where an empty hand is reaching out for help. They're going where a hungry cry, hungry for the bread of this life and hungry for the true bread of life, is crying out for help. They're going around the world to tell the story, to proclaim the message, to do the work that God called them to do. Hallelujah. 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 Wow. He said in this prophecy that they were chosen of the Lord, called of God, equipped by his spirit. When I was praying for 2020, you know, I know that we don't always have to have the year of. Sometimes I think it becomes a little cliche-ish at times, you know, where come around January the 1st and like, what's God doing in this particular year? And yes, there are things that God does and there are things that God speaks Uh, I don't know that it's necessary every year to have to get something new. In fact, we know the Lord spoke to us back in 2017. 
He said, this year, you're going to talk about equipping the body. And the same, and he said it'd be three years long. We did it in 2018 and 2019. And it's significant that, they, that we uh, spent time in equipping because we learned that uh, God doesn't want us to be educated alone, but he wants us to be equipped, meaning we know how to exercise the knowledge of God that we have. Yeah. We can stand with it. You know, to know God is to be able to stand in his word, even though things around may say something different. Right. Now, I do want to say this as well, is that if you go to the book of Revelations, we see that the Lord spoke to some different churches. And not every church received the same word. For the church received words from the Lord based upon the conditions they were in. Some were doing some things great as well as not so great. And he communicated to them and the things that weren't great, they needed to repent. They needed to change. Which tells us that you can go over to another church here in St. Augustine and they may say 2020 is the year of and be absolutely right by the Spirit of God for that congregation. You may go on TV and listen to some well-known minister that say this is the year of, thus saith the Lord, and could be correct based upon the influence they have over the people who follow and are connected with them. But we will be just as correct today when we talk about God's will for Anchor Faith Church for what he's called us to do as a local body, what he's called us to do. And in this prophecy, he said that they were called of the Lord, um, chosen of the Lord, called of God, equipped by his spirit. We know in the word of God that it literally lets us know exactly when people are living according to the word because an outward manifestation will take place if the inward man is changed. You can identify John the Baptist identified with some individuals. He said, you brought a vipers. Now, why would he call him that? Why would he judge? Why? Because he says, you need to keep a life in repentance, a lifestyle in keeping with repentance, meaning you know what you should have changed. You've not changed it. It's evident in your life. Well, the fruits of the spirit are evident. Faith can be evident. The authority of a believer can be evident. In fact, Jesus says, you'll know they're my disciples because they'll bear much fruit. So the outward expression of our life will demonstrate the inward um, connection we have with God. As a church body, God was very clear and very specific that we were to take time to equip the saints. In fact, the fivefold ministry is there to do just that, to equip the saints. But he's moving us uh, into another season or another decade, that is, where we are, to be, we are to operate in that which we've been equipped to do. Equipping is for a purpose. It's not for a certificate. I'm not here to give you a certificate of completion. I'm not here to acknowledge that you know these truths. I'm here to cause you to rise up and begin to demonstrate that which you've now become equipped. Are you with me? Well, this group of believers that was spoken by this man of God were very specific. What would be the characteristics of these individuals chosen of the Lord and called of God and equipped by their spirit? Well, he said they would loose the bondage of the enemy. They would uh, uh, set men free. They would have the story of redemption, the story of freedom, the story of the glory of God. They would know their God. They would know his word. They would know his mighty name, uh, the name of Jesus. They would know how to take that name and break the power of darkness over the lives, the minds, and the body, and the spirit of men and set them free, which means they learned how to do it for themselves first. They will also bring the message of deliverance, the message of healing, the message of victory, and the message of God. That's what these individuals would look like that have the sound of tramp, tramp, tramp. So this is the requirement, and that's the sound of this church, which means I'm obligated by the Spirit of God to minister and teach in such a way that makes a demand on your feet to be heard. 
This man spoke this word into existence in June of 1970, or in May of 1979 at a graduation, uh, 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 their school's graduation, Raymond's graduation. A month later, I became born again in June of 79. And this tells me that before I came into God's family, God already heard my, my feet. That eventually, I never knew about this man, nor his ministry, nor what he was called to do. But God, it, by his spirit, was able to get this guy over to, to his school and train him and equip him for this very assignment. That I would be able to be one of those footsteps that goes tramping along into all the world with this message, this very specific way of living. And not only would I go and do this, but I would equip others that would have the same sound. So that when they went into their homes and when they went into their workplace and they went into uh, their communities, that the sound of tramp, tramp, tramp would go. The sound of someone who knew their God, who knew how to exercise his name, who knew how to bring the power of deliverance, who knew how to deal with the devil. Are you with me? Who knew how to exercise their authority over their own lives, their minds, their souls, and their bodies. Glory to God. Long before I was ever even introduced to Jesus, God heard me. And you know what? God heard this church before the foundations of the world. He knew that he would have all of us come to St. Augustine, Florida and assemble upon the same place where we would gather around truths and we would begin to live and hear the spirit of God and be able to act in obedience to that word. And God would begin to raise up a congregation of people, a church holy and separated unto himself. That would make us uh, an impact in their community, nation, and the world. I believe we are seeing these things come to pass today. So it's very important for us to recognize that God is doing something in our lives. And he brought us through an equipping stage for a very specific purpose. And the Lord's word for you in 2020 is raining. Raining. As believers, we should be raining. Raining. Not just rain, but raining. Why? Because in life, you'll have trials and tribulations. Jesus says, in this life, you're going to have them. But then he gives us a message. He tells us how, to, how our attitude is to respond in that conflict. He said, but be of good. Now, how do we know if a person's equipped? When trial and tribulation come, they'll have a good cheer about them. They won't be grumbling or complaining or whining like a babe in Christ. But they will have moved to a place of maturity, of equipped in Christ, and begin to say, oh, I see what this is. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to be of good cheer. Why? Because I know the outcome already. He has overcome the world. And since he's overcome, then I've overcome. Because where he's seated, I'm seated. What he's done, I can do. What he's did, I'll do because I believe in him. Are you with me? So I believe that God has caused us to rise to a level that we are reigning in life. And let me tell you this. The world needs us to reign. He needs to see us demonstrating a reigning lifestyle on all facets of life. And I'm telling you, if you'll do it, you'll see more people run to the kingdom of God than ever before. Are you with me? In Galatians chapter 4, starting in verse 7, it says this. Or verse 1, it says, Now I say, as long as the heir is a child... He does not differ at all from a slave, although he is an owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, we were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as some. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir, uh, an heir through God. Turn to somebody and say, I am not a slave. I am a son. And if I'm a son, then I'm an heir. Hallelujah. Now, I'm telling you, heirs and slaves act different. Heirs and slaves live different. Heirs and slaves do, do walk around in this life differently. 
Now, a slave by definition in this passage of scripture literally means devoted to, to another to the disregard of one's own interest. Well, you could say, but Pastor Earl, aren't we supposed to be devoted to the Lord and disregard our own interest? Yes, we should. Well, wouldn't that make us a slave? The difference between our attitude of doing that and a slave's uh, attitude in doing that, slaves are made to disregard their own interest. Meaning, they still have an interest, they're just not allowed to exercise it. That means they can't exercise their own interest because they're bound to the one who's master over them. And they're forced to do their bidding. But a child of God no longer is forced but chooses to lay down their interests for the interests of their father. And why would they do that? Because they're not just a, they're not a slave. They are an heir. What is an heir? An heir, by definition, is one who receives his allotted possession by right of sonship. What does that mean? That means this child knows, I am submitting myself to the training of the royal house so that when I come of age, when the father has appointed the time, I will, by right of possession, exercise the authority given to me as an heir. What the Lord showed me while I was on the front row just right now, he reminded me of some things, that there are many of my children that are hugging my cross. They come to the cross and they hang on to it. They just hug the cross. Oh, Jesus. You say, and this is their existence, crying at the cross. But Jesus says, I'm not on it. Jesus says, you come to me through the cross, meaning you die to self and be raised up with me. God never intended his children to be hugging crosses their whole existence, but to be reigning with him. He said, many don't understand that I'm not on the cross. I am raised and I'm seated by the Father and I've caused them to be raised up with me. He is not asking you to be laid on a cross. You did that one action when you made Jesus Lord. Now you are to be seated with him in heavenly places. You are to act as he did in the earth. You can only act like he did in the earth is if you equip yourself to live like Jesus lived. And God has placed you in a body so that the fivefold ministry can equip you so that you can come out and say, I'm the child of the king. I am to rule and reign. I can reign even now. I can reign over this circumstance. I have been given authority. Hallelujah. You see, the Lord told me this. He said, although an heir of Christ is to remain by lifestyle and will, uh, the same as a slave by their own desire, the difference between an heir and a slave is a slave never has a right to an inheritance. See, if you're going to reign as a king, you must know the history of your bloodline. And you understand, you can do my natural bloodline, but on June, whatever date was, maybe the first or second Sunday of that month in 1979, I went to a new bloodline. I went to the bloodline of Christ. I moved over into a royal bloodline. I became the child of God. And it's sad to say, but at nine years old, I didn't do anything for my King Jesus until I hit 21. I stayed a babe and an infant all those years. I did not discipline myself, seek him out, search him, allow the fivefold ministry to equip me, allow myself to dig into God's word. I just remained a baby and I cried out and I whined out and I did everything else. The rest of the world, I just knew I was saved. But when 21, I met a lady on a blind date and realized I'm going to marry this person. And I thought, I don't have anything to offer, so I better go back to Jesus because he's the best. And at 21, I began to say, I'm no longer just going to be a child of God. I'm going to learn to grow up. I'm going to figure out why God put me on the planet in the first place. 
And man, as I began to move in that road of discovery, God began to raise me up and realize there's so much more that he had for me than just a one-way ticket to heaven and a way out of hell. He's like, man, I brought heaven to you. It's amazing how many believers don't understand that God brought heaven to us, brought him himself to us. The very name of Jesus, Emmanuel, means God. He's not waiting for us to go to him. He made a way for him to come to us. Now, if you die today, hey, it's far better. You'll be present with the Lord. No doubt about it. That's going to happen. But you know what? God's not waiting for you to come to him. He came to you. He made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. He put the Holy Spirit in you. He bears witness with your spirit. You're a child of God. And as long as you look at yourself as a sorry sinner saved by grace, then you'll never rise and you'll never reign. And you'll live substandard, never the existence. In essence, you'll live no different than a slave. Although you are an heir. Many do not subject themselves to their guardians and managers in order to train them and teach them how to exercise the authority they've been given. And when they do this, then they'll walk out the plan and power of God. It says to us in Revelations 5:10, it says, You were made that you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign. Where? Where were they reign? Where were they reign? Now, this particular passage is moving towards a physical manifestation of God's kingdom because we know after the fourth chapter, it's the catching away of the church and they are with the Lord and there's the tribulation period uh, on, uh, on planet earth and then God will come back after that time frame of seven years and put his foot down uh, on planet earth and, and bring his saints with him and they will reign on this same planet for a thousand years with God. Hallelujah. And then he'll release the enemy again. There'll be this quick fight, and all of a sudden, everything will be changed. Finality. The devil will be thrown in the lake of fire. Everyone who denied Jesus the Lord will be thrown in the lake of fire, which is second death. He'll burn up the heavens and the earth. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. New Jerusalem will come down out of heaven, and we'll reign with him forever. Only righteousness will exist on the planet. Hallelujah. Amen. But before that time comes, we will reign with him. But you understand, we still reign with him now in the spirit. I said in the spirit. Because Jesus Christ said, you say correctly that I am a king. Jesus came as a suffering servant. In essence, he came as the king who would lay down his life so that he could reap other kings. He sowed himself so he could reap of the same kind. Jesus did not lay himself down to reap children that were not royal, were not of his bloodline, were not of his kingship. And we, Jesus didn't have to wait around until he was raised up. He was already king. He told Pilate, you say correctly that I am a king. Now, you may put a crown of thorn on my heads, but God, my father, because I'm doing his will, will put a crown of glory on me forever. Hallelujah. You yourself will receive crowns. Amen. And in order to receive them, you must reign now. You must reign now. We see this word reign in Revelation chapter 5. It means this royal authority. How many like to have some royal authority? Come on, this is good news. I said this is good news. It also means this, sovereignty. Now, this is a big word. Don't have time to teach on this particular subject, but many have gotten to the wrong side of the tracks on sovereignty. God is sovereign, no doubt about it. He is a sovereign God. But sovereignty does not mean I can do whatever I want to whenever I want to do it. That's not what sovereignty means. Sovereignty means I have, the, I have a responsibility, and when I speak, it becomes what it is. And then I myself am bound to my own words. Now, how do we know this is true? Well, if you go to the book of beginnings, God created the heavens and the earth. Then you get to the 26th chapter, the first verse, and it says this. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them, let them, let them have what? Dominion. Let them rule. Where? Planet earth. Psalms 115 verse 16 says this. says the highest heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. He's given to man. He's given to man. 
So when God, by his sovereign power, says, Adam, you rule there as I rule here. And I'll talk with you and spend time with you and we'll converse, but I want you to rule that planet. But a serpent came in. I said a serpent came in. Deceived Eve, but Adam was in rebellion, ate the fruit, and as a result, the devil became what they called the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4. Now, if God's sovereign and it means he can do anything he wants to whenever he wants to, then why did the Father not come down, take the dominion back from the devil immediately, and just give it to Adam? He can't because he told Adam, if you eat the fruit, you will so what, God doesn't mean what he says now? I was just kidding. Come on, parents. You go telling your children, well, if you do that, I'll do this, and then they do it, and then you don't do it. The Father God didn't do that. Father God came down and said, Adam, where are you? What position are you in now? Okay, Eve, what'd you do? Okay, serpent. I've seen you before. I've already kicked you out of my realm. But you've taken dominion. You have it now. Did he have it? Yes. yes. In the Luke's account of the gospel of the temptation of Jesus, the devil took him up to a, to a high pinnacle and showed him all the domains in a moment of time, all the authority of planet Earth. And he says, I'll give this to you, for it's been handed over to me. Where did he get it from, Adam. God is bound by his own word, and he's sovereign. And he says this, man lost it. Only man can get it back. But man by himself won't be able to do it. I must become a man. So he tells that serpent, he says, I'm going to bring my seed through a woman, and he's going to crush your head. In essence, he's going to take back what you just took. And then he's going to offer it back to, for, for, he's going to offer it back from Adam to anyone else that's ever born because my sovereign power was that man will have dominion and a man will get it back. And that man's name was Jesus, the son of God, God clothed in the flesh. That's why the Bible says a child will be born, a son will be given. And the government shall rest on his shoulders. In essence, for the government of the kingdom of God to rest on his shoulders, he had to come back as a man in order to take back what Adam lost. That's why Jesus is known as the last Adam. Yes. So no, the Lord can in his sovereignty just do what he wants to do. He will only do what he says. He's bound by his own word. Hallelujah. Well, how many of you want some royal authority where you have the power of your words. That's why you need to watch what you say. Because sovereignty means supreme power. And you can't be going back on your supreme power. When you say it, it is. Hallelujah. But most of the time, we keep thinking like our lost mind, our, our, our messed up mind when we were subject and we were slaves to the domain of darkness under the power and influence of the devil who used to be our daddy, the father of lies. But Jesus Christ, being rich in his mercy while we were yet sinners, died for us, poured out his blood and presented his blood before us and said, if you'll accept me as Lord, supreme in authority of your life, I'll get you out of that bondage and I'll get you over into this kingdom. And the Bible says that we were transferred out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. When does that take place? The minute you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Then the, then the spirit of God does not wait for you to come to heaven to say, let me talk to you. He sends the Holy Ghost to come live on the inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost and bears witness with your spirit. You're a child of God. Well, now to be a child of God, you're going to have to be trained. Because now you're an heir. And join heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. See, that's why Ecclesiastes 8, 4 is so important. It says where the word of a king is, there's power. The Amplified says it this way, for the word of a king is authority and power. For the word of the king is supreme. The English Standard Version, the New English Translation says, surely the king's authority is absolute. Man, don't you want to have a voice like a king? Well, good news, you can why? First John chapter 2 and verse 20 says it this way. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. And you say, Pastor, what's the anointing have to do with anything? The anointing's everything. 
You see, the Lord or the word anointing means this. It, may, it, is, it means fatness is what it literally means, okay? Which means, and here's what it, it, it described. It says this, you know, he will destroy their yokes and remove the burden because of fatness. In essence, it would grow so great that that which bound could not stay on you. It would break off. In essence, the imagery is that an ox would get so big and so strong under this anointing or so get, that it would break its yoke off. Okay? It would break his yoke off. Well, the anointing, most of us as believers and believers, before we became children of God, what did we want? We wanted the yoke of our lives to be broken off and the burdens of our lives to be removed. How many of you, remember when you got born again and you just had a heavy weight, but then you asked Jesus to be Lord and it's like it lifted off you? Yeah. I mean, we can't explain that, but you just felt lighter. You felt like, you know what? I'm not bound now. Something was freeing in the spirit. Now the devil will jump back in and keep talking to your mind and try to get you back in bondage and get you back. Because if he'll, he never wants you to discover you're an heir. He wants to always keep you in slave mentality. This is why you need to get into a local body church. This is why you need to be equipped. That's why you need to quit surfing around on YouTube and watching all these different ministers. What you need to do is get yourself subject to the five-fold ministry so you can get equipped so you can learn to reign in life. Instead of following all the TV people and following all the popular people, you need to go subject yourself to a local work. Because it's then and only then that you'll begin to start reigning in life. It's only then because they will unlock the things in your life. I like what Pastor Daryl Huffman said uh, when he was with us this last week. He said, Nehemiah went to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and they were all torn down. And he said, notice that everybody that helped build the wall was already in Jerusalem. The people were there. The resources were there, meaning their ability to, to you know, hammer stuff. He brought supply because he got letters from the king. In essence, the man with the vision brought the supply that he handed to the people who were already in existence to do the work. What does that mean? There was a group of people in a local location that had all kinds of gifts and talents but could not be deployed till a visionary showed up. What is the greatest thing that we can do at Anchor Faith Church for you is we release what you already had here. But until we showed up, it stays dormant. And it's like that in the church. God gave apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We bring a supply of the spirit and the equipping of your mind so that you'll realize who you are in Christ so that now you'll no longer be sorry, sinner, saved by grace, just waiting to go to heaven when you die. But you'll begin to reign in this life, begin to exercise your authority now. You'll begin to reign now. You'll see yourself as a king now. You'll know that the greater one's on the inside of you now. So many people have deferred greatness to heaven that it won't be needed. There's not a devil to cast out up there. There's not a sick person to lay hands on up there. There's no need for us to raise any money. Nobody's depressed. And Jesus says, those who believe will. So this is not a moment of waiting. This is a moment of ruling now yeah. while you're here. And we are being equipped, not so that we can walk out and quote scripture and impress the world with our Bible knowledge, but that we'll walk out reigning that people want to say, how do I get in your family? How are you able to overcome all that? Because know this, it's not you that are doing it. It's in Christ you do it. It's your faith in the word of the king, and you begin to exercise the authority God gave you. Can I get an amen? amen. So the anointing, many people that don't know Jesus, they hear about that anointing, how it can remove, it can break yokes and remove burdens, and that's why a lot of, even some of you, got born again because you got tired of being weighted down and shackled to the things of the word. That's why you came. You heard about an anointing that it remove it. Yet if you stay a babe in Christ, you'll always keep running after an anointing to break that yoke and remove that burden because when you leave church, it shows back up. The devil's more than happy to come cloak with you back with burdens of life. 
He's more than happy to give you the cares of the life, the deceitfulness of riches, to give you trials and tribulation to keep you burdened. But what we don't understand is the anointing also has another effect. And the anointing is to anoint you as king. It is to king you. How do we know this? First Samuel chapter 8 uh, is a... The prophet Samuel has a discussion with the Lord because the nation of Israel has come to him and have said, we want a man as our king. We want to see him just like the other nations. The prophet says, no, you don't. God is our king. He wins our battles. You want to stay with him. They wouldn't listen to him. He goes to the Lord, and the Lord says this in the eighth chapter. He says, give the people what they want, for they've not rejected you, but they've rejected me as their king. So they get a man by the name of Saul who was a, a foot taller than everyone else. In essence, this is their imagination of what a king should look like. But what did God do to help king him? The prophet anointed him with oil. Do you know the Holy Ghost is a type of oil? Or oil is a type of the, uh, of the Holy Ghost? So when we hear about the oil, this is a, a type and shadow of the anointing of God. Are you with me? And he would anoint him from the top of his head. And it would run all the way down, which means he would be covered. And do you know that there were only three people in the old covenant that had the uh, spirit of God come upon them? It was the prophet, the priest, and the and the, and the, the king. So know this. When you get born again, God anoints you. He has given you an anointing. I said he's giving you anointing, not just to break the yokes off and remove the burdens, but to say, you are my king. And when you get a king anointing, then that means now you have the authority to never let another yoke come in your life. You have the authority to say, no, no burden. You can't come to me. No, no, no yoke. You can't stay. At, you can't come and attach yourself to me. No, no, no. I have authority over you now. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 4. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. He's what? Where did he receive this? The day he was baptized in the Jordan. Bible says he went down and came up. And when he did, says the heavens opened up. I said the heavens opened up. See, God isn't trying to translate you out. He's trying to bring something down. He's trying to get something in the earth. I said he's trying to get something in the earth. Listen, Jesus is a child born of a virgin, has never sinned in his life. He is perfect, yet God will not let him talk to the devil or preach about his kingdom until he's anointed. Because what yoke or burden had to be removed of Jesus in that moment? Nothing. He was without sin. But what did that anointing do? It allowed him to walk into the wilderness, to be tempted of the devil, and to say, I have authority over this sin. I have authority over this temptation. I have authority over this trial. I have authority over this. Don't think that was an easy temptation. Don't think it was a walking apart for Jesus. I mean, he fasted for 40 days. He was hungry. It was a relentless attack on trying to get him to compromise and to fall into sin and to fail and to be like the first Adam and blow it. But the anointing kept him as king. And he kept his authority over it all. Later on, he lays down his life and takes your burdens and takes your yoke. Oh, get this now. He did it in reverse. He gets an anointing to be king. Then the second anointing he gets is when the Holy Ghost on the third day raised him from the dead, broke that yoke off, removed that burden of sin, and his blood now pays away. So when we enter into the anointing of God, it first breaks our yoke off and removes our burden, but then it puts a king anointing on us. And if you have a king anointing, how in the world could you walk through life? Beat down. It's because you hadn't equipped yourself yet. But man, when you equip yourself, you'll be like, I'm an heir of Christ. No, I can resist temptation. No, the devil ain't bad, as bad as everybody says. Oh, you know, he's, he, is he, he's running after you. Oh, yeah, the devil's on my feet. Well, tell him to stop. You have authority. Why are you letting him talk? Our king told us how to deal with him. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. 
I mean, many times the demonic world, he'd say, shut up, come out. Only one account did he say, what's your name? Okay, get out. I mean, he's already said, get out. What's your name again? Okay. Where do you, I'll let you go. Yankee, you can't even go to pigs unless the king off. They didn't have the right to determine where they could go. They begged. We don't want to leave here. We don't leave here. At least put us in the pigs. Put us in the pigs. All right, go to the pigs. Had to wait for the king. Why? Because he's anointed. I said, he's anointed. What's it say in Romans chapter 5, verse 17? You need to know this. Are you anointed? I said, are you anointed? Are you anointed? What did it say? It says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. It's time to rise. It's time to reign in every aspect of our life. That's what 2020 is for us. That's what 2020 is for us. The Holy Ghost is going to cause our remembrance, the things that we've learned, the things that we've taught, been taught, the things that he's shown us and demonstrated by the Spirit, that when we encounter someone, we'll be like, I reign over this. I'm reign- I, will- I am reigning over this right now. I'm not subject to this anymore. Romans chapter 5, 17, it says, if, For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will? Right. Will what? Right. Where? In life. in life. Doesn't say in heaven. Doesn't say in heaven. Will reign in life through. How are you going to reign? Because I'm totally submitted to the word of my king. Whatever dad says through Jesus Christ, by his spirit, I'm doing that thing. Whatever he says, I'm going to do it. My gosh, the Bible says, give me that chair. Grab that chair out from behind that uh, thing and bring it up here. My gosh, man, if you would get this, man, it would change your absolute life. I'm telling you, if we would just learn to reign with Jesus. Give me a, is there another chair out there? No? Okay, hurry up. Now, I'm telling you right now, if we would get this imagery, if we recognize who we are in Christ, it changed your absolute life. My gosh, the Father is on the throne. Woo! The Father is seated on high in heaven. Do you believe it? I said, do you believe it? He's seated right here. Right here. Because you know who's on his right hand, don't you? I said, you know who's on his right hand, right? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Just bring it straight down here. Come on. Come on. Bring it down here, Bill. Hurry, hurry. Just bring it down here. Right here, right here. Come on, Bill. Thank you. This is the Lord's throne. Let me put it back here. It'd be a little higher probably. Here's Dad. Here's Jesus. The Father said, My word will not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which it was sent to do because I'm a king. I'm, I'm sovereign. I'm supreme in authority, and my word's absolute. Well, guess who's the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. What's that, Dad? Okay. What about the Holy Ghost? Man, he's out here. He's like a mighty Russian wind. He's roaming around, finding who he can find himself mighty in. He's hovering over. He's in and upon children of God. So, Jesus is right here. Daddy says, tell my son. This ain't gender sensitive. This is the spirit of man. Tell my children, my sons and daughters of God, tell my son, this is how I want him to respond in that trial because he should reign. He's reigning. She's reigning. So the Lord says to the spirit of God, tell, are you hearing me? Say, Simon. This is what you need to do. The Holy Ghost then inside Simon and upon Simon says, the Spirit of the Lord says, this came from Jesus. He said, this is what you do right now. It is written. Simon as a king in the earth because he's going to reign. Where? In this life. Says, I decree and declare. I say in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. This symptom that came on me and trying to bind me trying to put a yoke around me, I commanded in the name of Jesus to get off my body. And he says that in prayer. Because his word, the spirit takes that word up to Jesus, and Jesus hears Simon say, in the name of Jesus, by his stripes, I am healed. It can't stay on me. He says, Dad, Simon said. Simon said, 
by his stripes, he was healed in my name. The father says, that's my word. Let it be done. Come on, are you hearing me? Simon ain't down here saying, oh, Lord, take me home. Take me home. I'm going to die. Take me home. Take me home. I just want to go home. I'm in suffering. I'm hurting. I'm just no good. Take me home. No, he said, no, I'm the healed of the Lord. I will rule and reign here. I'll speak back God's word. And Jesus says, Father Simon said. Now, I'm telling you right now, this has changed the world. Instead of you walking around saying, man, I tell you, it's hard just like it. I know, I know, I know how you feel, man, it's hard. But one day we're going to get to glory. One day we all going to be there. And one day we're going to break off the shackles of the world. You need Jesus, brother. I mean, you do need Jesus. But why are we cheaping his work? Why are we acting like all he can do is keep you out of prison? Like all he did is pay a prison debt, but he didn't transform you into his likeness, into his kind of seed as a king where you can reign like he did. Oh man, I'm gonna preach now. Look at this. First John chapter four, verse 17. Let's get this. Oh man, first John chapter four, verse 17. By this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Why? Because we know when we stand before Jesus, we good, we made him Lord. But here it is, it's even better. Because as he is so also are 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 in this world. Woo! Now what would the church look like if it would rise up out of slave mentality and become heir mentality? Begin to rule and reign like Jesus did. When temptation comes says, bro, you under my, it is written. It is written. Simon said, it's written. That's my word. Let it be done. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is. He ain't waiting to get you there. He brought it to you now. And we need to reign. I decree and declare this year by the word of God that it's time to reign as kings. We need to reign over our past. Don't let your past come talking to you. Well, you know what you did. You know how you acted. You know how you were. Shut up. In Jesus' name, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm born again. I'm a new creature in Christ. The old passed away. Behold, I've become new. That's the old man. He's dead. I'm a new man. And I put on the new man. Listen, we need to reign as kings over sin. When the devil comes to tempt you with disobeying God, you'll be like, yeah, I only do what the, in Jesus' name, I only do what the Father says. I only do the word of my king. I only do what the word says. That's against the word. I won't do it. I won't act that way. We need to reign over relationships. Single people, quit running around looking for somebody. Let the Lord bring them to you to help your assignment. Don't be compromising. Don't be, don't be laying down your life for somebody that hasn't promised you to follow and seek after God. Reign in that thing. You ain't need to be reigning. What else? Over finance. Don't let your bank account tell you you ain't got enough. What you got to do is you got to say, as a king I reign, I give, I sow, and God brings it back to me. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Father, I give to you, and your word says, and I'm telling Jesus, say, Simon says, and the Lord says, that's my word. Let it be done. It will not return unto him void. Why? Because he's authorized us to reign in life. Man, we need to reign over our jobs. You need to show up at work with the right attitude. Reign over your attitude. Don't let your attitude dictate how you feel today. You say, no, you get under my feet. No, you're going to have a happy day. You're going to have a happy day. But I'm having a mood swing. I'll swing it to the joy of the Lord. I'm going to swing it to the joy of the Lord. You're not going to tell me how to live. I reign over you. I reign over my emotions. I'm preaching to somebody. You need to quit letting your emotions dictate your days and your responses. You've been given the mind of Christ. It's time to reign as kings. 
Man, if we could get a glimpse of this. We, this year, reign like never before. I'm telling you, all men will become drawn to Christ because they're like, we want your existence. We need to reign over our symptoms, over our body. Don't let it talk to you. You reign on that thing. You do the Word of God. And the last thing we need to do this year for sure is we need to reign over our destiny. No more do we accept the lies. Well, it's whatever it is. Life just handed me this. No, God's given me a destiny and a purpose. The only thing that can stop me from my destiny is me, and I won't stop me because I'm a king. I'll take supreme authority over my own life, and I'll do exactly what God said. Don't come whining to me about what you couldn't do. If you couldn't do it, it's your fault. I said it's your fault. It's your fault because you ain't standing up on the inside like a king and saying, I will take control of my destiny. I'll do exactly what God says and nobody can stop it. And I'll have joy in the process. It's time to reign. 2020 is a year of reigning. What does that mean? Oh, you're going to have some opportunities. Because the devil does not want you to become a king in your life. But know this, I'm prophesying. You've already won. All you got to do is get that word. All you got to do is stand on that word. And don't be moved by nothing. Reign over it all. Say, no, for me and my house, this house, I'm going to do what God says. And I'm going to demonstrate myself as a true child of God. Because Jesus come back for the church without spot or wrinkle. Those who are willing to obey, hear his word, do his word. Don't look at the circumstances. Disregard them all and say, no, your word's forever settled in heaven. I'll stand on it no matter what. And that will cause you to reign. Hallelujah. So if you're here today, if you're here today as a child of God, you're like, you know what? I need to, I need to rise up. I've let some excuses come into my life. I've allowed a few burdens to show back up. I've allowed some attitudes to come back in. I've allowed some emotions to happen. I've allowed some symptoms, whatever it may be. But you realize I'm a child of God. My gosh, Pastor Earl, I'm reigning. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm reigning. And I, I declare it today in a statement of faith. I want you to get out from your seat and come down to this altar right now and make a declaration. I am gonna reign this year. This won't won't hold me anymore. I'm not gonna have this at all. I am going to reign over this area of my life. I'm reigning over. I'm reigning over. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchorfaith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment, or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.